0: This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. Simmerman with me. As always, the Mountaineer Media Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We have an incredible guest today, Hoppy Kercheval. He is the Dean of West Virginia Radio. Let's be honest. You know him. He's the voice of West Virginia. And as a broadcaster in myself, I certainly have a lot of respect for Hoppy and what he is able to accomplish. I I should say uh, former broadcaster. Uh, I do want to get to that here in just a second, but Cooper, initial thoughts about Hoppy before we dive into some other news and notes and then the interview as well.
1: Hoppy was everything I expected and more truthfully because he was very gracious with his time. He didn't have to be. He very much was. He was friendly. He was reflective. He was honest, open, and you know, told stories. And yeah, I mean, it it went exactly how I would hope it would go with someone who's been on the air for decades in West Virginia. You know, his voice throughout the mountains of West Virginia is maybe one of the most respected on the airways. And he delivered. And I thought it was a wonderful interview. Very nuanced. We got into a lot of different subjects. So if you're a Hoppy fan or Detractor, you want to learn about hobby, you'll learn his approach to the way he's navigated his career. And I think you can't help but respect the way he's handled himself. So, um, I think this is a great, uh, great interview. Yeah, excited for everybody to listen to it.
0: Yeah. So, as soon as we finish with the interview, uh, you and I kind of like laughed because we were like, I mean, we talked about everything. Like right. him, uh, legacy. political, yeah, politics at the national and state level, D.C., legacy, other West Virginians, and we were just like, man, none of it felt surface level. It was mm-hmm. like when you're talking to a guy like Hoppy, you're not just getting surface-level basic, like, oh, things are good. It's like you're getting into the weeds talking about I kind of felt like a good
1: topics. therapy session with that. It I kind of did. You felt, felt relieved cathartic. afterwards, I thought, right? Yeah, yeah, it did, I did feel like man, I agree.
0: Yeah. That's why they call him the Manchin Whisperer. No, <laughs> they don't call him that. They don't call him that. CBS Mornings did that story on him a couple weeks ago and his relationship with Joe Manchin. Good story. Go check that out. We do get into that a little bit here in the interview. But I, I wanted to m- note before we continue on that I said former broadcaster. Many of you listening probably know that for the last five Years and one month, I've been an on-air sports and news reporter and anchor for WCHS TV in Charleston, West Virginia. And it's charl—I'm from Charleston. That's my hometown station, and it was an absolute blessing to work there. And that was really my—that was my entry into this, uh, the journalistic world. And it has been everything and more than I could have ever expected. But I am moving on. So my last day at WCHS was just a couple of days before this recording. And next week, I'm going to move into a bit of a different role. I'm still kind of staying in the media realm, but I'm going to be Governor Jim Justice's press secretary. And I don't want anybody to think that's going to shape how this platform works or anything that we're doing. And I'm excited. It's going to be a different role, sports reporter and news reporter to press secretary for the governor of West Virginia. And people might be asking, like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Or, like, "Uh, congratulations. But at the end of the day, when you're asked to – work in the capital for the governor it's hard to say no to especially where i'm, I'm just trying to find my path in this world I, it was like one of those opportunities where it was like let's do it i'm in i'm excited and so yeah just wanted to be very transparent with everybody that uh, nothing's going to change just because of my profession but um, i'm excited and i think it's going to be a, a good good opportunity for me personally
1: yeah yeah man as you should be two things one happy birthday it is CJ's oh thank birthday. you it is my birthday yeah Today thanks man birthday. i forgot yeah <laughs> it's also my mom's birthday <laughs> it is so. shout out angie Zimmerman. absolutely and another friend charlie lucente shout out to charlie happy birthday yep, so we absolutely. Have a, lot of, yep. a lot of birthdays here on the seventh when we're calen
0: fitzgerald another dude we went to high school with a lot of good september 7th birthdays
1: that's a lot of
0: good birthdays, okay. but okay. but
1: part two was part one's happy birthday part twos yeah man congratulations you should be excited You should be proud. You should be optimistic of that. Um, And like you said, I mean, it's not going to change what we do here at Mount Amita telling authentic stories, but um, at the end of the day, we're on team West Virginia. We're bullish on West Virginia. This role is going to, you know, it's going to be different for you, but I think it's going to be either, even more a commitment to the state, a commitment to prosperity in West Virginia, to everybody to grow and succeed and thrive in West Virginia that's what we're about. That's what you're about at your core. So I wouldn't be worried at all um, for you in this role. So congrats, man. Yeah, it should be Thank an you. exciting time. Thank you.
0: I, 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 It's funny because a lot of the people that we've spoken to on this platform, as we've learned, are pieces of the West Virginia puzzle puzzle. You know, mm-hmm. um, Sarah Biller, John Chambers, Brad Smith, you know, Joe Manchin. Those are some that are in and out of the political sphere. And obviously Brad is doing his thing at marshall as the president but it it was a lot of a lot of the people that we talk to and talk about on this platform are also some of the characters that i'll I'll be connecting with in this new profession too so it's like man it's like you want to talk about just like a a perfect relationship and perfect timing Uh, i'm stepping into this role with a lot of background knowledge about where west virginia is going and where west virginia is coming from because of the people that we've spoken to on this platform. So it, mm-hmm. it just felt like a perfect and unique opportunity that I was like, ah, shoot, man, I gotta go for this. So I'm excited, I'm fired up. Cooper, thank you for saying that. A uh, couple of news and nuggets um, to to get to. Don't forget, our Mountaineer Media-sponsored Happy Hour is at Fife Street Brewing, September 28th. So we are just a couple of weeks away from hosting our first happy hour at five street brewing in downtown charleston you can still rsvp at mountaineermedia.org your first drink will be on us if you're one of the first 50 people to rsvp not many slots left go ahead and go do that and the almost heaven classic still pre-registration is underway at mountaineermedia.org and that gets you in line and we'll let you know when the official registration starts cooper you want to say some, give any update about the Almost Heaven Classic
1: Yeah, look, corporate sponsors, high-level sponsors sold out. You can still be a whole sponsor. Like CJ said, the priority list, basically it's like you're buying a fast pass at Disney World. You still got to pay for the ticket, but at least it gets you ahead of the line. So join that right now. Uh, Pretty soon we'll put out a formal announcement about registration for the golf teams. Uh, We're expecting this to be one of the most exciting golf tournaments on Saturday and Friday night. is going to be an awesome celebration. We haven't even announced our guest yet. We're going to do that shortly. Um, But yeah, I mean, CJ, things are Business is booming in your Media, but it's only because of the people listening and participating and giving us feedback and sending us emails and sending us text messages um, to share these authentic West Virginia stories. And and Hoppy, I don't know, maybe we could have a better guest for such a kind of a almost like a I feel like it feels, feels like a big podcast. Feels like this is like a this is like a, a great episode or yeah. I don't know. It Feels like this is like a, <laughs> a thriller of, a, of an episode. But <laughs> Hoppy is the perfect person to have on to uh, capstone this one with. So let's just jump to it right now, Hoppy Kershaw.
2: The uh, sun does not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do.
0: Alright, hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. CJ Harvey here, Cooper Zimmerman. What's going on?
1: How we doing? How we doing?
0: Good, good. And he goes by the Dean of West Virginia Radio, the voice of West Virginia. But something you don't go by very often uh, is Harvey Kerchival. Your uh, your your actual name, Hoppy, uh, your a household name, Hoppy Kerchival, but uh, your name's Harvey. Great name by the way. But uh, how did Hoppy come about?
2: Sure. Well, I'm Harvey Halbert Kircheval, the third we'll call you Hoppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so my dad was Harvey Jr. My grandfather was Harvey Sr. And my grandparents lived next to us when we were growing up. So it was Harvey Sr., Harvey Jr., and then Harvey, the third. So it's gonna be all this confusion, first of all. And then I have a brother who's almost is about four years older. And this is way before your all's time, but there used to be a TV show called Hopalong Cassidy, and they called him Hoppy, and my brother watched that show all the time, and he wanted me to be a cowboy, so he <laughs> called me Hoppy okay. after Hopalong Cassidy, and Hoppy stuck, and it, is, it has always been Hoppy. It has never been Harvey. A couple, some of my close friends, like Tony, well, Tony Critty will sometimes call me Harvey or some other people. We'll call me Harvey, but uh, almost in a joking way. But uh, that's how Hoppy started, and it's always been Hoppy. I you love have to it. go through your whole life saying, it's telling that story. Like, yeah, Hoppy, yeah. That's where that comes
0: from. Yeah, I'm sure that's not the first time you've been asked to clarify. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's my
2: elevator speech <laughs> on Hoppy.
0: There you go. You've got it down, Pat. Yeah. Um, you know, that's. But it has. It's become part of you, hasn't it? I, and Hoppy is such. A, just not even just a good radio name, but Hoppy's is just a, a a unique name. Not many people are are named Hoppy, so I'm sure it's stuck for a good reason it,
2: it, it did and it's um you know i i don't think i would have if i had my druthers for you know 60 years i don't think i would have chosen it you know, because you have to because they like hoppy like you you know you, it's just kind of weird like what's your name hoppy hoppy yeah like, well, you're happy no, hoppy. yeah so, but now after you know four decades on the radio now i can email or call people like it's, you know, Hoppy Kirchhoff. Oh, Hoppy. So it, it's a name that's recognizable. It actually helps me after all these decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's so,
1: memorable yeah i'm, I'm kind of yeah. in a similar boat my name's john my first name but i don't feel like a john john doesn't feel like my personality so yeah. cooper cooper's my middle name cooper. but i've always gone by cooper my entire life so it's kind of the same thing it's like you raise your hand in class like oh it's not john it's actually cooper but then i feel like i've grown into it where yeah cooper's a little bit memorable it's a little bit unique so i've kind of I've, I've settled in and run with it as well can
2: i call you john yeah. though?
1: Well, I mean I might not answer but you can. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, hey, three th- we all do the the nicknames. Oh yeah, of you're watcher here. What's I'm you're CJ. Roger. So I, my name, Roger. my full name is Roger Craig Harvey Jr. And so Craig Jr. is my name. I go by CJ. So my dad, I'm I'm you know, a Jr. to my dad yeah. and he forever has just gone by Craig. So he never even went by Roger. So he's always gone by Craig. And so I'm just Craig Jr. CJ. So,
2: but also, you're a Harvey, so you're a Harvey, I'm a Harvey,
0: yeah. But you're a first name Harvey, I'm a last name Harvey.
2: Well, we're kind of
0: sort it's the same, yeah. If we found some <laughs> yeah, some DNA <laughs> tests that 23 and me that connected us, I would be yeah. <laughs> that'd be weird, but we'd make it work. I'd, I would be like, all right, cool, I, I dig that, I dig that. So, um, well, Hoppy, now that uh, you know, we, we were kind of talking a little bit about your day to day stuff, obviously, you are incredibly well known for your. Uh, show talk line on the radio. You do a daily commentary that you can find at WVMetroNews.com. You know, this, this broadcaster's life, this reporter's life, you are written, broadcast, uh, radio. Obviously, you do plenty for uh, sports broadcasts, too, throughout the year. Um, you know, th- this has just been your groove from day one, hasn't it? You have been a, a, a reporter, news, sports, just an all-around reporter uh for as long as you can remember I'm, I'm i'm sure but it has
2: definitely become who you are too well I'll, I'll tell you a story how about this um when i was i guess 19 18 18 well I, i've always wanted to be in radio and that's another story if you want to get to that but i was maybe 18 i got my first job at a radio station in charlestown west virginia and i wanted to be a disc jockey
0: there you go uh,
2: yeah i wanted to play the hits and i wanted to be a star right <laughs> so uh i came to work the fr- i got hired as the night disc jockey at wxva and i came to work that first day and the guy I was replacing handing me a manila folder and that manila folder had some phone numbers written on there well, police department phone number, prosecutor's office fire department is written in there i said what's this he said well you're also the news director <laughs> I said, well, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you have to go. I said, I don't know anything. I don't care about the news. I'm going to be a disc jock. He goes, no, no, you're the local news director now. You have to, every day you come in, you call these people and see if anything happens. And at first I was really bummed out. And then um, I found out pretty quickly that the records all after about the, you know, fourth night, like, oh, gosh, these same records. I got to play these same records. It was boring. The news was changing. It was exciting and you'd call the police and you'd you know you'd be reporting on things and start go to these meetings and stuff would happen and it's like well this is exciting this is interesting this changes all the time so i kind of got the bug and i uh, was going to shepherd university at the time then shepherd college and they didn't have a journalism program so i decided to uh, see about coming to wvu because they had a journalism program and I went to WBU and studied journalism, and, and the rest is history. So, uh, and I've been very, very, very blessed to work for the same company since right. 1976, and uh, in in news, and in talk, and, and sports, in one form or another. But it all started with getting that Manila uh, uh, folder handed to me. Interesting.
0: What was Walker. your uh, What was your DJ name? Were you Hoppy then?
2: Yeah, I was Hoppy. Yeah, I was Hoppy. But even, even then, I'll tell you this. Even then. It was it, again, it got kind of boring. So I started taking phone calls from people. <laughs> okay. And so it was an early talk show, a bad one. But so yeah. <laughs> people call in and, re- and request songs, and I would talk to them and stuff. So uh, I guess I got that bug early on, too. Very cool.
1: Actually, I was going to save this for later in the interview, but it kind of segues kind of perfectly here, Hoppy. So, and hear me out. I'm a guy that, uh, not a professional. So <laughs> oh I always, <laughs> what, what, well, what I do, what I've noticed I do is I always like interrupt myself to add more context, but I, I want to just clearly get this across. So the CB, I believe it was CBS News piece, you know, a great piece on you recently that, you know, they joked about calling you, you know, like kind of the mansion whisperer in the vessel between mansion and West Virginia. So... As a podcast, you know, CJ and I as podcasters that are hyper focused on West Virginia, we've kind of had this conversation where, you know, if we interview them, is it a de facto endorsement of them? And I would say that over maybe 20, 30 years ago, if you were asked that question, it would probably be a more easier no. Well, I'm just I'm a journalist. I'm asked. I'm interviewing this person. I'm not somehow a part of what they believe in, whatnot. I'm just the interviewer. But now I think I mean, over the last 20, 30 years, the basically the blending of opinion based commentary social media podcasting world and for listeners it could be hard to separate that with journalism with a capital j right like real journalism reporting versus somebody who has an opinion in a microphone so i guess my my question is that is how have you navigated that over your career when you have on these guests when you interview people when you tell these stories and do you think maybe your stance has changed a little bit maybe with the way media has changed a bit like you said since 1976 to 2022 there's been a whole change in the way media and the way we consume information so has your stance on that or philosophy around that has that changed at all as
2: well yeah Cooper that's a that's a really keen observation and a really good question um the first of all, as, as, as I think you're alluding to that, the line that separates news and opinion has has certainly kind of been erased. So it's all kind of crossing over. And many times, if you watch or listen to the news or cable, it's hard to tell once one stops and or one stops and another one starts. Um, what what I do is, I, I, I think my show is a little bit different. I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking about things that are going on in the world and more particularly in West Virginia some of those things are just straight news things Mm -hmm. okay like this happened and let's get Jeff Jenkins on or the sheriff on and describe what happened that's really just news kind of straight journalism stuff Mm -hmm. then there's other things where um you know, I'm interviewing, you know, I know you've interviewed Manchin. I'm interviewing Manchin and I'm saying, okay, where are you on this? And trying to pin him down. I think that's I think that's pretty much journalism stuff too. Then mm-hmm. there are other times where I have a guest on where maybe I agree with them or, or I disagree with them. And then it becomes a little more like a, a, of an opinion give and take. And there are other times where I'm riffing about, about something that's an opinion so really it's a it's a whole it's a whole range of things and then i'll get i get a lot of criticism too where people say well you know you're you're uh you're biased I say, well I'm, I'm doing an opinion show so right. there's going to be opinion mixed in there uh at times but, but what i what i also try to do is for example i, I think that this side deal that joe mansions cut is, pre- is a pretty good deal for west virginia i think you should build a mountain valley pipeline but i just before we started this interview reached out to a guest who's opposed to the Mountain Valley Pipeline to try to get them on tomorrow because it's a big rally in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So I try to bring some balance to it as well. So it's this, it's this whole range. Sometimes it's straight interview and journalism. Sometimes it's my opinion. Sometimes it's hearing uh, opinions that, that I may agree with. And sometimes it's hearing opinions that I disagree with sharply, but representing a point of view that I think is important to the discussion. Right. OK, important Absolutely. to the debate so that people who are listening can be informed, can be informed. So I think it's real important for people to hear multiple views, not just to get all their information from a silo, but to hear a range of opinions and views. Well, I saying? think
1: yeah, it does. And just to follow up, I think what. Why people I think will accept that and also appreciate it is it because you're pretty transparent on explaining that. Like, hey, look, this is my opinion. I, I'm, I'm sharing this. I, this is my you know worldview on this issue or what it may be, be, what it may be. I think people get frustrated maybe when it feels like it's done in a deceiving manner. Like you if you're watching the news and you feel like, man, they really feel like they're just twisting this to get me to feel a certain way. That's what's frustrating. Cause it's like, well, no, it's like I can see your opinion soaking in through this story, and you're not kind of telling us that but if they were just to come out and maybe say like hey this is an opinion of mine yada 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 then it's like oh okay like that makes more sense and then they then you could even buy into it and maybe see it so i think i guess maybe the lesson that i'll take from that and uh, the, the de facto advice i'll get from it is that if you just not like disclose but if you're just open and honest about what your objectives are then i think most people don't have a problem with with the opinion based kind of style of talking about stories and developments throughout the world
2: Well, I, you know, again, I think that's I think that's pretty well said where where it bumps up into uh, where where it gets me in in trouble with a lot of listeners is, for example, I've followed very closely, obviously, the last election, um, the investigations into the outcome of the election, and I believe very, very strongly that Biden won and Trump lost. OK, right. I mean, I, I don't consider that a political opinion. I consider mm-hmm. that an opinion based on based on fact. Right. And so when if somebody, you know, pitches a guest or, or comes on and, and texts me an opinion or calls opinion says, well, you know, Biden won the election? I mean, you, you know, Trump won the election. I go, well, that's OK. I don't consider that an opinion equal to <laughs> right. all opinions. You know, I consider right. that false. I consider that wrong. Right. So I, I don't. In my attempt to bring balance, I don't think that just because there is an opinion, just because there is an opinion, that that is necessary. That's is necessarily that that has to be aired in the interest of balance. If that opinion is clearly based on something that is not correct, right? You exactly. follow me? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. think that it's? I mean, is it frustrating for you trying to a person trying to decipher all of this information that when you get opinions like that that have very little to no factual evidence to back that up but they won't lose they won't stand you know they'll stand their ground does that is that frustrating for you to be like well like you can't prove it there there is no evidence to say that he won the election so but there are other examples like that um i think over just you know since kind of 2016 and on does it get frustrating to see that more and more people might be standing uh, their line than before oh, yeah. and maybe not listening to the facts of the information that's coming at them because yeah. everything all of a sudden is questionable even facts now it, it seems kind of like a yeah it's like well it's, it's a fact but is it really a fact or you know it's a fact for i don't know well, one I, political like, side yeah, or the other
2: yes yes it is frustrating and it's not just on that there are other issues as well and again i i, 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 I don't take that really really firm stand unless it is obvious mm-hmm. all right and let's okay we use the trump example again in that um, there was five or six conservative Republicans um, commissioned this uh, very thorough study of all 60 plus, 70 plus legal challenges to the election. And I I read that document, it was 60 some pages long, and they looked at at each case and how each case was adjudicated. And there was one instance in Pennsylvania where there's some evidence of fraud that wouldn't have changed the outcome even in a particular precinct. But other than that, all these were most were adjudicated uh, that were dismissed because uh, on their merits. Some were not were not taken up uh, for a variety of reasons. Some are withdrawn by Trump's own lawyers. So you look at all that and you go, well, there there it is. You know, that that's that's the evidence. And then someone will say or text me and say, well, I just don't know what to believe now. And mm-hmm. I say, well, you could believe the evidence right. you know, and, and so that 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 to me is frustrating. I mean, you can be very, very disappointed that Trump lost, and you can be angry that Trump lost, and you can want Trump to win again, to, to run again. And you can feel that the media has a bias against him, and there's some legitimacy uh, to that. But you're not entitled to your own facts about what happened in the election.
1: Right. I think you, people, I was just going to say, I think people just want... People want clear, simple things. It's our human nature to crave simple answers to, to understand the scariness behind the door. But at the end of the day, like the world's nuanced, and I think sometimes you know the world's gray. The world is not black and white. There, th- things don't have to be mutually exclusive. You could say that the media leans a little bit left, but Biden legitimately won the the election. Those two things could be true. They don't have to. But people, you know, like like we said earlier, maybe it's just. I, it's just difficult for some people, maybe, to willing to accept it. And the world we live in now maybe is a little bit more hot take based. And it's just if it doesn't fit in there, oh, I just don't, I don't believe it. Oh, well, cancel on, that on, out i
2: on, on the hot take. And I'm, I'm just in the middle of um, Chris Starwald's book, okay, which maybe you've heard about. And he's going to be speaking at WVU next next Wednesday, and he really he really goes after the media. And I don't like just being like a media critic, but but certainly right. there are elements in the media, and pr- he calls it. Performative outrage, performative outrage. So there are any number of people who are on cable television, uh, on radio, talk radio, podcasts (present company excluded, of course), and in other in other media, where it's performative outrage. It's a performance right. designed to to um, to create outrage on the part of the viewer and and the listener, creating an emotional response. That draws that person in, uh, uh, makes them pay attention and maybe makes them come back and keep coming back and keep coming back almost in an addict, almost in an addictive way and that there's a lot of that that's going on now. It's not healthy for the individual. It is uh, very um, disingenuous on the part of the purveyors and it's bad for the country, It's bad for the country. For all that to be going on, and it really undermines some of our basic principles.
0: Yeah, I mean, clickbait or hot takes yeah. at their finest. I mean, that, that it really sells. Is- yeah, sells. Sells, sells. Yeah, Absolutely. Hoppy, you have uh, been known as somebody that, like you said, kind of takes the middle ground. You, you really do work to take both sides of an argument. Um, do you think, in a way, that you you've been grandfathered into this 21st century? Uh, media world sorry not to that's not quite the right <laughs> no, phrasing no, I, yeah. but do you think it's because you you were credible before there was any question whether the media was biased or not and do you think you've kind of weathered that storm in a way that even in this very, controversial time where it doesn't, you know, whatever show, national, CNN, Fox, CNBC, whatever it is that you're watching, you're watching some kind of biased form of media. But you in particular, I don't, you don't have that reputation. You never have. I hope it doesn't change. But do you think that because you, you had this credibility before all of this current controversy has been stirred up that maybe you've kind of continued to succeed as being somebody that people respect and listen to?
2: are you asking in a long way if I'm a dinosaur Well, (laughs) are you a respectable dinosaur and why are you a respectable dinosaur Uh, I think that's Uh, kind of you know because again I I came again I (laughs) came in when it was a lot different uh and you know to show my age I mean when I started in news it wasn't cable. Or it wasn't the internet, and I watched the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. Okay? Yeah, yeah, and that was the news. Absolutely. Okay, and read the paper, and that that was it. And there were, all this other all this other stuff did not exist. And I'm not saying it's bad because I think a lot of it is good, but um, so that's how I kind of came up, and so that obviously is, has stayed with me. And also, I just think that that's that's who I am. I mean, I think. Because the way I was raised and who I am, I I think I have a basic sense of fairness. I hope I do. And that drives a lot of what I do. And there are a lot of things I do, maybe to my own detriment, where I say, you know what? This may not be the most interesting topic on the radio, but I think, based on my experience, I think it's important. Mm -hmm. We should talk about it. That's also known as a (laughs) 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 tune-out. But but I, I think you know i think it's my responsibility to do it yeah and uh, that's and look i've been again i'm very blessed to work for a great company and one, one day they may come and pry my hand away from the microphone <laughs> yeah. i i
0: I, I i'll say that it will be on your accord your own accord when you decide to leave <laughs> so no, it so, so, be it's up here. to you start grueling and you know yeah. so <laughs> you know,
2: that's yeah. a little different yeah
0: <laughs> um well you do Bring you. You do talk about this fairness that you have. Uh, I think, in a lot of ways, you you have uh, a, a fairness about the the world at large, but also about West Virginia. You deep down, and you it's pretty clear that you love West Virginia. You're a West Virginia guy. You want the best for West Virginia, and wow things you know all to be fair at the same time. Do you do you see? Is there any change in like the West Virginia? Has West Virginia's direction changed um i guess what i'm trying to say is do you see west virginia going in a a healthier direction more or less in terms of economic growth just uh happiness across the people of west virginia you know do do any of those things kind of ring a bell in terms of what you've seen here recently uh well, I'll tell you,
2: I'll, I'll, yeah. let, let me i'll deal with it on two levels one is economically and i do think i matter of fact I wrote a commentary for just today about um for so many years We did so many stories about mine shutdowns, Mm -hmm. layoffs, about factories closing and the hardships, all the hardships associated with that. I mean, just on and on and on. And there wasn't much economic good news. And for the last about year and a half or two years, a lot of the economic news has been pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There have been uh, 18 significant economic development projects announced in the state Commerce Department, Office of Economic Development, since January of 2021, and Those are just the ones working through the state uh, in in some of these green projects, you know, the the bus company in South Charleston, the um, electric uh, uh, motor pontoon boat company at at Beach Bottom, uh, the Sparks plant to make uh, batteries in in Taylor County. And I think that so things like that are just and it caught me because I thought I don't recall a time where Nucor, the steel company, I don't Mm. recall a time where there were that many kinds of announcements. That close together, so I think economically that's very encouraging, although with a hint of caution, because over the years we've covered a number of events where there were great announcement and uh, nothing came of it, which is yeah. why I, I've sworn off the term game changer. Whenever anybody says game changer, I, I like my antenna go up because. But 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 I do think that economically it seems like we're you know we're trending upward. Politically, what a can I tell you a long story. This Police. is why we invited you on. <laughs> um, West Virginia, as you know, for 80 years was dominated by the Democratic Party, right? Absolutely. And with, you know, in the era of Robert Byrd, 67% of all registered uh, voters in West Virginia were Democrats. Uh, the race was in the primary. Democrats dominated the legislature, the Board of Public Works, everything. In the the year that George Bush ran for president the first time against Al Gore, which would have been 2000 is that 2000? 2000? or nineteen ninety? It all runs together after a while. Somebody check Cooper. Did a check while I'm Up on doing it. that. That Bush was running against Gore. Okay. And you figure, yeah. was it mm-hmm. two thousand? Two thousand. Okay. And Bush and Gore running against each other. And you figure, okay, it's a democratic state. Gore will win West Virginia. Well, uh, Buck Harless was the late industrialist from southern West Virginia, Mm -hmm. and Harless uh, had political influence. He had money, and he was concerned that if Al Gore became president, that there'd be environmental policies that would be bad for the coal industry. Interesting. Buck Buck Harless goes to uh, Texas and meets with the Bush people, and says, "I'm Buck Harless from West Virginia, and I want to support Bush." and I want to raise some money for him. And they kind of blow him off and say, Yeah, 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 uh, go back and raise $25. State. Yeah. Yeah, go back home and see what you can do. So Harlow goes back home and promptly raises like a couple hundred thousand dollars and, uh, for George Bush. And the Bush people go, Huh? You know, and they start paying attention to West Virginia. Wow. And uh, so in the last couple of weeks of that campaign, Bush starts to campaign in West Virginia, starts to come here like, three or four times in the closing weeks of the campaign. Charlton Heston, who at the time was the head of the NRA, goes to Raleigh County <laughs> OK, and 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 and, and says, uh, you know, it says things in support of Bush and, and things like, oh, you know, you don't want Hillary Clinton on the Supreme Court. And I, so all these things and it really appeals to um, those voters in Raleigh County and Bush wins West Virginia. Becoming the first Republican, becoming the first non-incumbent Republican, the first non-incumbent Republican to win West Virginia since Herbert Hoover. And I don't have the electoral vote count in front of me, but so Bush wins West Virginia. If Gore had won West Virginia or Tennessee or Arkansas, Florida wouldn't have mattered. And Gore would have won the election. Yeah so west virginia played this historic role in the election of george bush in 2000 and west virginia and that sort of started west virginia on this republican trend and as the national democratic party went more more liberal a more you know on environmental issues and those kinds of things and kind of left behind west virginia democrats who are conservative for the most part anyway then west virginia starts t- trending republican shelly more capital gets a foothold she starts recruiting republican candidates and this this tide begins yeah, to the point now where Republicans dominate the house, the Senate, the board of public <laughs> supermajority, supermajorities. Yeah. So that's a long story, but it tells you the origin and how it got, it got here. And now to wrap it up, you have these supermajorities, but they are not a unified group. Yeah. There's a split within the Republican party of two, maybe three different groups. There's a, there's a, Moderate to conservative wing, uh, which is more pro-business, and then there's a far-right wing, which is more interested in social issues. They're fighting about abortion. They can't agree on taxes. Um, you know, one group wants to make sure you don't have critical race theory in the schools. Another group wants to say, let's do something about taxes. So, that is the arc that has occurred in West Virginia over the last um, over the last 20 years, over the last two decades
0: yeah well i think in in you talk about doubling down i mean i know that when president trump kind of took office and and kind of swept the country uh by storm you know it was a different uh, conservative attitude that he was kind of bringing to the White House, but just the attention that he was giving West Virginia. I mean, everybody, the everybody's favorite word is your name, right? So it's like when West Virginia kept hearing West Virginia's name, even at the national level, it was like, at least this guy's talking about us. So it, maybe even more, West Virginia's doubled down as a red state, a large part because of yeah. Trump and whether or not th- there is this divide in the conservative and the Republican Party. But Donald Trump brought a lot of attention to West Virginia, and maybe even some of that economic growth is coming up because of the attention that West Virginia got. I don't have any direct correlation to that, but
2: well, well, it Trump, seemed like... A- well, yeah, I mean, Trump, very popular in West Virginia, won by 40-plus points uh, uh, twice. And yeah, you know we have a little bit of an inferiority complex in West Virginia. So if you pay some attention to us, it means yeah. a lot. He came here, yeah. he paid right. attention, and... What happened?
0: Not always good. Uh, obviously, you see, that's a, <laughs> not always a good recipe for success either, but uh you know, so uh, very dramatic history. Two,
1: 271 for Bush electoral college votes, 266 for Al Gore. So, yeah, should he, if he would have carried West Virginia, West like Virginia's five states or five right, right there would have been 271. Yeah. 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 Uh, does that make, I mean. <laughs>
0: Pretty wild. That's uh, wild.
1: With, with Manchin, I mean, speaking of mansion, you, you like you had, you had him on your show quite a bit and you, you even said on the, on the CBS piece, like you don't talk to him outside of this. You're not like figuring out what to say, what not to say. But I've always thought like, is it for better or for worse to have someone that like mansion be from West Virginia at least like, like like what you guys were saying that it puts West Virginia in the mix on on maybe on a national stage to potentially benefit the state having I mean mansion's in such an interesting position being being a Democratic senator from such a red state and it's I and mean it's, it's almost,
0: a joke it's like which Joe is president you know it's like he he, he holds a political like, power that's I don't know
1: Yeah, I mean, the point, I guess, is just for better, for worse, at least it does put us at the table. And if it can be used, I mean, politics is a horse trading game. I mean, if it can be used to better the lives of West Virginians, I guess we would rather have that than be irrelevant and not have it. I mean, you know, I, I can't. Maybe there is an argument for not being in in that dilemma, but it seems like we are. And it seems like, like we said, anytime you West Virginian, we see other West Virginians out in public. We see our, you know, if it's on the movie, we, you know, we point to the TV, we love it, we see it, but it does feel like the last couple of years we've been at a national conversation, maybe more so than ever, at least that in my life that I've seen. And I hope that's a positive. I hope that leads to different various things in the state.
2: Well, I, I think we have two very competent US senators. In different ways, I think. But, uh, you know, Capito is more about kind of keeping her head down a little bit more and really working on some things that maybe aren't don't seem quite as sexy, but are very significant to the state. I think she's hardworking. I think she gets it. And I think she's plugged in and 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 works hard at her job. And, you know, is also is also high profile by political standards, but um, you know mansion but mansions in the stratosphere somewhere you know because right. the 50th fiftieth spot uh, and look from a news standpoint I mean we I do a talk show we do it's, it's great yeah. it's great because that's news yeah um, and so from a news standpoint it's fantastic to have mm. access to these senators and to have somebody in in this fiftieth spot uh, in the Senate I mean that's that's big news. So um, there's a lot of value to that from a news perspective. And and sure. like you said too, West Virginia? You know, it's nice to see West Virginia sort of in the discussion. Although you, like... although you know he gets ripped too. So absolutely,
0: uh, and oftentimes by, by his own, you know, population by
2: West Virginians. Sure, absolutely. Uh,
0: did you not like the Joe, which Joe's president joke? Was that? <laughs>
2: yeah, that, was, that was good. I was just uh, no offense. There've been a lot of there've been a lot of jokes like that. Okay, for the last year, you know. I mean, yeah. he's president. He's prime minister. He's uh, so yeah. yeah, That's funny. Yeah. Well,
1: so Hoppy. I mean, you said like what's seeing West Virginia? We love seeing West, West Virginia people out in public i think i've read that you traveled to 19 different you've been to 19 different countries hopefully that's true i hope i didn't mistake that's that true. but when you were abroad have you ever like i feel like when i every time i've been abroad the limited times i somehow some way airport run into a guy. Oh, I'm from St. Albans. No shit. My brother like went to high school <laughs> with you. Like, do you have any fun stories like that? Have you been out in eating dinner in Italy? And you look over and somebody's from Parkersburg and you start talking about <laughs> high school football? Like, is, is there anything fun like that with your um, travels?
2: You know, did, Two points. One, not as much as you would expect the most recent time where my wife and I were in Ireland. We were at the Cliffs of Moher on you know Western Ireland, which is this dramatic scene. And there was a guy with the WVU cap and I had my <laughs> WVU cap on. So we kind of you know, saluted yeah, salute, salute each other. Not as much as you might think. And they, maybe it's because some of these trips I haven't been flying the, the West Virginia flag. But I, I do take note of something that you said, which I which I love about West Virginia. I've never lived anywhere else, but I can't think it's like this if you're from like Illinois, and that is you meet somebody and they're from West Virginia and they go, "Oh yeah, where are you from?" And we have this tremendous county reference. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm from uh, you know I'm from Jefferson County. Go, Jefferson County. Do you know so yeah. and so? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, they probably you know do. Know them? And you go do. like, you know what? I don't I don't know him personally but my brother works with him. You know so <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. there's there's only one degree of separation which which I just love.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
2: when I'm ever anywhere and I run to somebody from West Virginia, where are you from? Which kind? Of, do you know? Oh yeah. You know, so I I love that about our state.
0: I don't know how many other states also have a song about the the 55 counties or however many counties that they have west virginia has the 55 county song too does so it? I,
1: would you like to sing it here for no, us? i can't recite <laughs> i
0: don't that. I no, didn't I, know that oh I, no there was like that song no. in it, it, it was uh I, I would have to give me a second to try and truly find a good rendition <laughs> of the 55 counties song but uh anyway i don't know how many other states I actually think you
2: get that. monongalia and pendleton in the same song <laughs> yeah
1: I can't,
0: yeah
2: they don't exactly rhyme so you yeah. do have to down Bingo, <laughs> County. You work your way around it, yeah. Um,
0: happy now that uh, you know part of reporting on the news is also you. You have kind of done something that we've done and, and tried to highlight West Virginians who have become notable or noteworthy. Is it cool to see? Um, you know, the evolution of of some people maybe you knew at a younger age to see them older and doing some things at the national level. I guess my point is there there are West Virginians all over the world doing incredible work. Um, I'm sure that you kind of take interest in that just as much as we do, and I'm sure it's cool to know that there are people at every level, local, statewide, national level, West Virginians, who are doing kind of incredible things.
2: Yeah, and I know you guys, as you alluded to, you guys – focus on those stories, and I, I, I love that, too, because, uh, you know, sometimes we can get down on ourselves with West Virginians or think we're not very accomplished or whatever, and then invariably, you just look look around a little bit and you say, well, oh, there's this woman, and she's from West Virginia, and she's now do- doing this, so here's this guy, and he's from West Virginia, he's doing this, and those stories are like that all the time, and you just have to look a little bit to find them, and I love those, I love those stories. At the risk of, I, 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 I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, but uh, I just recently had on a, a woman who was born and grew up in Bridgeport, mm-hmm. who just recently swam the English Channel.
1: Oh my okay, Wow.
2: Like, wow, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just today, uh, again, name escapes me, which is embarrassing, but uh, I think her name is Hissom, but um, a, a the, she's the newest inductee, one of the newest inductees in West Virginia Music Hall of Fame. She's not from West Virginia, but she's lived in West Virginia for the last 30 years. And I can tell you a story about that too, but that, and she is a world famous concert pianist. I'm not up to speed on that, uh, in that area, but, uh, certain people like that, you know, and and there are these stories. And I love these stories and I, I wish I spent a little more time, um, Paying attention to those stories. Mm-hmm. So rather than doing another segment on my show about something that's kind of dry, I would highlight this story about this person who has these West Virginia connections, who's lived this incredible life and made these contributions or is very interesting. Yeah. And I love those kind of stories.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we, we there's, there's so many of them, and not all of them are. They don't get the notoriety, the celebrity, that big achievements do. And part of the what I love most about what we try to do too with our platform is that it's more like at a micro level of instilling the feeling in a lot of maybe West Virginia youth or just people that, Hey, like, yeah, I'm from West Virginia, but that doesn't mean I I can't dream big. Or when I'm sitting at like, I've been sitting in boardrooms where, you know, in DC and beside me are Harvard, this Harvard, that, you know, big name stuff. And it's like, do in my heart of hearts, do I feel like I belong there? I have, I'm blessed, I guess, just not self-confidence. I believe in my abilities. Like I just, I kind of always been that way, but I hope to, we, at least in part, hope to instill that same self-confidence in other people that you're, you're from West Virginia, but you deserve in a weird, like, don't self-sabotage yourself. You deserve to be right beside the leaders of the world because it, we can point out the celebrities, the notable people that run big corporations and, and that's great, but you can do amazing things in your community. You can be from this state and you're right beside the top of the top of the nation. So yeah. kind of both worlds, like the ones that get the press and the ones that don't get the press, but just create that inner feeling in, in Appalachian, people that you just because we're from this region that has a history or of you know of whatever history it, it has you can go out and accomplish big bold and you know innovative things
2: you know there's a there's um i mean brad smith is a, a great example maybe you've had him on your show the new president mm-hmm. of marshall university yep. who's from um outside of huntington and went to marshall pretty humble beginnings then became the you know top executive at intuit the software software giant now has come back and he tells the story that uh, at some point in his professional career uh, he was being trained or mentored and they were trying to get him to lose his west virginia accent and <laughs> he either didn't do it or couldn't do it and to, and to this day you hear brad smith he's got absolutely. this little west virginia twang absolutely you know? um and and i love the fact that here's a guy who's had this amazing success made a boatload of money and has come back to try to do something same way with john chambers has come back uh, to do things. So we know we're, we're getting some of these things. That, that, and I, I feel like it's all sort of building on it. And maybe we're maybe we've got a little momentum going in our state right now. I hope we do. I hope.
0: We yeah. Do. Yeah. I think that's something that we were kind of alluding to early on, like that economic earth that you did, discussed early, That Maybe there is some momentum. Maybe there is like a little bit of a, a silver lining for the suffering west virginia has gone through i think that's a dramatic way of putting it but you know maybe there there was some a light at the end of the tunnel maybe west virginia is finally picking itself up from 50th and heading all the
2: way to first you never know but, but you know, we, we we've had so many challenges that that we and i get this all the time too with text and feedback that if, if there's some what seems like good news or is good news, then I'll get some some really negative text and it's the light at the end of the tunnels really the train coming the other way. I mean we we are sometimes our own worst, <laughs> <True>. enemy, <laughs> our own worst enemy because uh there have been there've been there's been a lot of disappointment, there have been tough times. So sometimes we don't expect that we will do well. Right. Yeah. Um yeah. not we, everything's
0: we, a game changer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hobi, I have a question for you, Hobbit. Do you um do you think about legacy at all? Um, like your own personal legacy? And if so, like, you know, what, what do you kind of hope it is after this career of of being on the air and being in the the minds and ears of at this point, probably millions of West Virginians
2: here, here, I'm pretty convinced this is what my legacy will be. I'll announce on a Friday that I'm retiring and Monday it'll be where's hoppy and Tuesday it'll be uh boy, this replacement's not as good as hoppy. Wednesday it'll be, um, Oh, well, that's interesting what this guy's talking about. <laughs> <heared me over. laughs> I think I got about, it's probably about a three and a half day. Interesting. Right there Not a full I week. You don't have a full yeah. week. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I'll get a full week.
0: There will probably be some dramatic, there will be some crazy news that just like, yeah, he's uh, exactly.
2: pushed out of the news cycle. Yeah, exactly. No, I'll out of the cycle. <laughs> so, and, and I think that that keeps me, hopefully, that keeps me humble. And also, that's the nature of things, right? Sure. yeah that's the nature of things i mean and i I tell you what and i certainly don't put myself i would not for a minute put myself in the same category as jack fleming but i only i only relate this because it's it fits to your question that is you know jack fleming retired Mm -hmm. okay and tony greedy came in and jack fleming was a legacy a great nobody replaces jack fleming but who's the play-by-play announcer who's the voice of mountaineers yeah big shoes to fill
0: and and tony filled them
2: yeah, and Tony him you know Robert C. Byrd. There'll never be another. And and I, again, I don't put myself in that class at all. But sure. never be another Robert C. Bird. You're right, but things go on now. There's Mansion and Capito. So that's just that's life. And so I I don't I don't yeah, um, sure. I don't spend much time thinking about a thinking about a legacy. Mm-hmm. Two two
0: things, and we'll, we'll get out of here. One, did you see the this WDTV interview with Jimbo Fisher? Is Jimbo Fisher coming back to West Virginia? Is that is that going to happen? What? Oh, okay, okay. So, me in. Yeah, WDTV interviewed Jimbo Fisher. uh, I mean, literally, like a couple days ago, and you'll have to. I'm sure Tony's seen it, but uh, they'd asked the the woman doing the interview had asked, you know, is there ever any chance that uh, you'll come back and coach West Virginia? And he said hey, you you never want to say no in this industry, and West Virginia's home, and I think about it all the time, and you you never want to say no in this industry. And here we go, already, Neil Brown loses game (laughs) one, Jimbo Fisher's off to a a decent start at Texas A&M, and all of a sudden the rumors swirl. But uh, no. So, okay, well, you'll have to, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, you, but he's a smart coach. Well, you never say never. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, never, yeah, never why, say never. Why would he say, no, I would never go back to West Virginia? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't really, know. He would say that. So. No,
0: <laughs> no. Also, to, to get us out of here, um, let me, uh, yeah. I found the oh, uh, 55 County song. Oh, oh <laughs> And so this is something along those lines. That's just what I was talking about. There There's a, up oh, sure and Wayne. There you go. The 55 county song of West Virginia, something like that. So, um...
2: oh, I oh I like that. Well, there like you it. go. It was it had yeah, like what a county little... you, What county are you from?
0: I'm from uh, pretty much born and raised in Kanawha County. So. Kanawha County. Cooper, yeah. What about you?
1: I am I'm from Kanawha. My family. Yeah. Is...
0: We grew up together. Went oh, to college okay. together. We both went to WVU. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, families from His family's from up north. My family's uh, also from up north. So uh, you're from Jefferson
2: County, correct? I'm from, I'm from Jefferson County. My wife is from Ohio County in the northern panhandle. And to her, we have this constant battle. Anything that's not in the northern panhandle, she describes as downstate.
0: Downstate. Doesn't matter where it
2: is. So I'll say, well, you know, it's over New Martinsville, and she says, oh, you mean down?" No, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. But I, but you know, West Virginia, we have these regions, we have these panhandles, we have these counties. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, again, we'll we'll jump out of here. But the the booming growth in the Eastern Panhandle is outrageous. I mean, and yeah. you've, it's it's awesome. I'm sure. Just even, I, I don't know what town you're specifically from, but I'm sure you've seen growth. Just in that area maybe i mean it's, it's i'm a, from it's, i'm it's from Berman.
2: originally from a little town summit point look it up
0: okay summit,
2: summit point okay summit point
0: has that grown or is that still pretty much a small town eh, still i don't County? think we
2: have a stoplight yet but, okay um, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's on its way then <laughs> yeah
2: still pretty much a small town good deal
0: well hoppy thank you man thank we appreciate you. your time and uh your expertise in this industry and uh, good luck to you I'm sure your legacy will live on for a very very long time Thank at least till for, Thursday right. at least yeah. until Thursday yeah, exactly so at we, least until the next well, new uh, cycle
2: DJ Cooper listen great questions and I'm honored that you asked me to be on and it's been fun talking you, you guys keep up the work too I think you